Brothers and sisters, we're here for one reason and one reason alone. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Here's an hour you will never get back. It's the Too Dumb to Quit podcast with Jeremy McComb. Oh, this is bad. Here we go. The Too Dumb to Quit podcast starts now. Friends and neighbors, it's the uh, Too Dumb to Quit podcast. Happy Tuesday. Kind of doing it live today. Normally, uh, we get everybody in a little early, but today... Uh, we're doing it on a Tuesday, so good morning. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you're having a good morning. Have a super, super rad guest today, uh, which I'm excited about. We've got an uh, MMA fighter, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt coach, a uh, dude who is super interested in um, making your life better and being the best version of yourself you can possibly be because he's a good Too dude. Kind. We've got uh, Coach Logan Nash in here. What's up, man? What's up? How's it going, Jimmy? Thank Feels you so good. much for having me on, man. Thank you for being here, man. So what's up? Man, just uh, living another day, just Tuesday, which means I, I got a lot, a lot of free time today, which is awesome. Uh, nice. I'll be back in my gym a little later today, but uh, got some free time today hanging out with you, man. That's awesome. So um, so Logan runs a, a, a gym here in uh, in Hendersonville, where I live. Uh, it's a Legion Jiu-Jitsu team, and they've got three gyms actually here through, uh, through Tennessee, and I know we've got people listening um, all over the world, but... Uh, I recently found Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu through uh, obviously just being a fan of the UFC and and a uh, fan of the as people who listen know the Stoic philosophy and I, I found that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for me is kind of like the the physical um, personification of the Stoic philosophy and I've really enjoyed it and fell into uh, to Logan's classes and, and his teaching and so I wanted to bring him in because he's just a, a super super positive dude and a, a, a great role model my, my kids go and and uh, so it's awesome so I wanted to talk a little bit about your background and sure and uh, so you grew up here in Tennessee yeah yeah I'm born and raised in Hendersonville my uh, my parents moved here from New Orleans New Orleans um, yeah I saw Orleans. your uh, I saw your um, your story the other day when the Tigers Dude, beat Alabama that was a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> especially for my parents your parents were going crazy crazy So my buddy Rick Huckabee is a hit songwriter. Okay. And his dad coached at um, LSU. Okay. He was a basketball coach. That's awesome. And so uh, him and CJ Solar, I got a bunch of buddies that are Tiger fans, and I was kind of watching that game, and then I saw your story come across, and and it's like it's like watching those guys go crazy for the Tigers. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you ever come over to my house, it's literally just nothing but MMA and LSU and Saints. That's awesome. Across the entire house. So your folks moved here from, what brought them here from uh, New Orleans? Believe it or not, uh, my dad's actually a singer-songwriter as well. Really? And, uh, yeah, yeah. He, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I didn't know that. So that's what music, you know, brought my family up here, which is uh, partially why I love music so much. And yeah. music and jiu-jitsu are like my two favorite hobbies. So uh, that's that's, th- that's why we moved up here, man. And uh, my dad, he's uh, he's kind of fallen out of the scene. He hasn't done much work in a while, but yeah. uh, he still plays in a little band. And they, really? They, yeah, he plays in a little cover band. and. They do fun stuff like that every now and then, but it's it's all for fun now at this point. Yeah, and uh, so that's how I'm, uh, my my family got here, you know. And uh, New Orleans, yeah, man. Do you guys go back much? All the time, yeah. Do you? I probably go back two, three times a year. Now, what part? Because I think when people think New Orleans, they think like sure. first quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like a little suburb called Metairie, and that, okay. that's where most of my family's from. Metairie, and then some from Kenner, which is just a little out on the outskirts of New Orleans. Just yeah, 10, 15 minutes away. Okay, you can just dr- drive right into. Bourbon Street, whenever you want. That's amazing. Yeah, man. It's such a crazy. What's that bar down there? Uh, it's the oldest bar in the United States. Oh man. Do you know what I'm talking I, about? Man, I couldn't tell you. I can't remember now. It's down there in the quarter, and it's like they have like gas lanterns still <laughs> in there. Like there's no electricity. Really cool. It's all just like um, extension cords <laughs> and shit. Which there's no way that's legal. But um, yeah, man, New Orleans is cool. It's it's so diverse and scary that it's almost like an adventure when you yeah. go down there. Because like, this is terrifying, but it's cool. Yeah, it depends on what time you go, especially. <laughs> yeah. So you, they, your folks move up here. Well, like, what year is that? Man, like ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah, I'm twenty six. So okay. they moved up here about a year before I was born. Okay. So they moved up ninety two. Dad's a songwriter. What what mom do? Uh, mom followed dad, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I, bless I, you know, her soul. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, 
No, my mom, uh, she, uh, you know, she she had her, her whole career back in the day, and she a couple years ago she got uh, she actually had a brain aneurysm. And, oh man! Uh, so now she's just part time. She she does some like work part time, and but she just she just hangs out now. She's Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, she's doing. She's awesome. doing good. Yeah, man. Excellent. Brain aneurysm. That's yep. scary. Yeah, man. Was it like? Um, I mean, was it like? It, obviously, those things just like happen out of the blue. Yeah, it was one of those things. Believe it or not, they caught. She was having really bad migraines, and they actually like took a look and caught they, it. Yeah, yeah, it was like ready to pop. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. And uh, they zapped it out. They basically had to put this halo on her head and took like eighty percent of it. The only issue is like they took part of her like left vision, like left uh, eye vision. So she's yeah. got no peripheral out of her left eye. Okay, so you can just sneak up on her whenever. You're, like, <laughs> I'm sure she appreciates. Yeah, that. all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, wow. so that's how they got up here, man, and uh, I'm I'm really thankful for that because I I love Nashville and I yeah. I love Hendersonville personally as a city and yes uh, I couldn't imagine growing up really anywhere else uh, I I've just personally loved it and then it allowed me to find jujitsu and MMA at a young age so yeah so how super, does that super thankful for that how does that like uh, did you start because you're I mean for those of you that don't know brown belt is is right below black belt and it takes a long ass time yeah. to get there and a lot of training a lot of dedication and um actually so in logan's class yesterday i rolled uh with him which rolling is like a a, a term of like uh, practicing like live live practice with your teammates and uh, i get crushed just constantly uh being a new guy but uh, I rolled with Logan yesterday and it was the first time I've rolled with somebody who's like that high up and um, it's it's impressive it's uh, devastating but impressive it's um what, what I've noticed like over the years is just that there there truly are like different levels yeah and um, most people you know we far over uh, overestimate the abilities that we have um, when you watch the TV the UFC is like an average viewer you're like could I beat that guy up right and not only could you not beat that guy up, but you couldn't beat the guy up who could beat that guy up who could beat that guy right. up. And five five lines worth of, the dude who's holding you know, the bucket to spit ex in exactly yeah so what's what's super interesting about like the hierarchy of jiu-jitsu is how the blue belts just tear up the white belts but the purple belts can do the exact same thing to the blue belts right and then the brown belts can do the same thing to the blue purples and then the black belts can do the same thing to the brown belts yeah and there's people who can toy with me and do whatever they want to me and it makes you realize that there's always, a, a, you know, somebody more badass out there. Man, there's it, always somebody bigger and badder. It's so, so humbling. Stay humble. Yeah, yeah it's so humbling. And it's wonderful, though. It's like, because I, I, I try to go to the early class, so I get up at like 4.45 to get in there. And I'm like, I never in my life thought I would get up at 5 in the morning <laughs> to, get, fun, the, to get the shit beat yeah. out of me, you know. But there's something so rewarding about it. And so when you, how did you get your start in it? Did you start yeah. really young or? Yeah, uh, so I always like playing around and wrestling as a kid yeah um but man i was so severely undersized i uh i graduated high school at about five six five seven one thirty maybe one thirty five okay so when i was in like middle school man i was almost a near foot shorter than almost all the other all, all the other boys so I, i'd love to horse around and play around but i would just get thrown around like a rag doll man yeah. it was just no fun for me it was super frustrating um, I would always wrestle around with my buddies and just get pinned down. Yeah. So I finally, uh, one day I was literally at a buddy's house, man, and uh, it wasn't even the UFC. It was WEC was on, like, the Versus Network, and I was just, I happened to be there on a Sunday at my buddy's house, and I watched it for probably six hours. I sat there and watched UFC and I, or wow. WEC and couldn't believe how amazing it was. Yeah. I'd never seen, you know, MMA as a sport before. Was that was there weight classes in that, or yeah, was there, it like one hundred and forty? Yeah, there like were weight classes in that. But what uh, one of the coolest things I noticed was one guy was getting his his uh, just butt kicked the whole fight, yeah. and uh, he pulled off the submission at like the very end and just armbarred the guy. And yeah, I realized like the effectiveness and how that could just bail you out. Right. So right then and there, I started bugging my dad. You know, Dad, I want to do MMA. I want to. I want to train. I want to train this. I want to do this. And uh, you know, when you're a kid, you you tell your dad a lot of things. Oh you yeah. Do a lot of things. But most of it never comes to fruition. So <laughs> finally, after a couple months of me begging him, man, uh, for Christmas, actually, he got me a six-month membership at an MMA gym, yeah. uh, boxing gloves, mouth mouthpiece, you know, the standard stuff you need for MMA. Right. And uh, that was, like, my Christmas present for, like, I was 16. Yeah. So that was, like, my Christmas present that year. And, wow. uh And I never looked back, honestly. I started training and loved it so much. And uh, 
I've trained at a bunch of different gyms, but I just haven't stopped. Yeah. Ever. It's been 10 plus years now. It'll be 11 years in January, actually, because I started like January 4th. That's amazing. Yeah. So going through that, like as a uh, man, I wish I now looking back and I know everybody says this. But yeah. It's like, God, I wish I would have started when I was, right. you know, 10. We all um, but it was uh, everything for me. It was just a guitar. I was, I was glued yeah. to it. I didn't care about anything else. Yeah. Um, so the other great thing that I love about it is you guys do like a, like an anti-bully curriculum too for kids. That's yeah. why we, we put um, my six-year-old in there, Knox yeah. is in there. And um, it's such a great confidence booster, yeah, you know? Man. And people of all sizes and ages and, I mean, everybody from like 14-year-old, Logan, um, yeah, Logan. How old is yeah. Logan? Yeah, he Logan, he's about 13. Yeah, 13 yeah. years old, and he was in there with a bunch of 30, 40-year-old dudes. Yeah, yeah, That was me as a kid, man. Like, I was 15, 16, starting with the adults and just get smashed. Yeah. You know? Dude. Builds character, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, man, we got, we've got we got a great a great kids program, and uh, it's one of the, the coolest things about jiu-jitsu is just uh, not only the effectiveness of the one-versus-one one martial arts, but, you know, so many, so many schools have a no-hit policy. Right. And uh, we totally believe in being nonviolent, even though we are teaching martial arts and teaching you how to be violent. Yeah. Um, we, in my opinion, you're you're only capable of peace if you are capable of, of violence. Sure. If you're not capable of violence, you're only just harmless. Yeah. So teaching somebody how to be capable of this to not use it. Um, for instance, we a lot of the times we teach our kids, you know, if you do happen to get in a fight, you have to defend yourself. All you have to do is take them down, put them in the mount position, which for those who don't know, is just essentially getting your legs on top of your partner's hips. Straddling and then, your yeah, body. And yeah. then just hands on the mat and then negotiate from there. So right. we teach our kids not to hit, um, to, to kind of fight fire with water, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a much more effective way of handling and neutralizing rather than fighting and making things worse. Yeah. yeah man. Well, and, you know, I think it's such a powerful thing because, I mean, like it or I don't... I don't know if schools really care that your kid gets hit in the face. You know, it's I mean, like, oh. About, uh, they care about getting sued. They right. care about exactly. you know, policies. Yeah. So, they have to cover their own butt, and that's for them. I mean, yeah, I know? get it. But it's like, man, I don't want it to be my kid who's getting right. the shit kicked out of him. Exactly. There, you know what I mean? Um, so it's such a powerful thing. And then to put it together, so when, like, um, at what point do you start going, like, man, I'm, I'm, I think I can do this because you. I mean, you fought. I mean, MMA and yeah. And take us through like, okay, you're a white belt. Yeah. You're going through. Sure. Then what are those next steps of like going to go like, okay, I'm gonna go into a cage. Yeah, yeah. And so get punched in the face. For me, it, it took a really long time for me to ever even get into the cage and do an MMA fight. Uh, when I was a blue belt, my my coach told me he said to get your black belt in me, you have to do an MMA fight. So right then and there, that was kind of when I would decided I was like, I guess I'm gonna do an MMA fight. <laughs> I want to be a black belt. I guess I gotta do that. Right. Um. But but it took me many years before then. Mm. Um. When I was in high school, I got attacked by a knife actually. Uh, Whoa. In, in the cafeteria, just minding my own business, eating lunch. In high school. In high school, yeah. I got I got put in a rear naked choke with a knife to my throat. And I literally had to defend myself and fight my way out of that. And Whoa. then, so that was the moment that I knew I was going to stick with this forever, pretty much. Wow. So um, a dude puts a knife to your throat? Yep. Yeah, man. So I'm sitting there just literally eating Apple Jacks uh, and sitting there in a chair. And literally, a guy just comes up to me, puts me in a choke, puts a knife to my neck. And, uh, and, and I literally thought it was a joke. I thought it was a buddy messing with me at first. I didn't even see the knife in my, like, in my throat. And uh, he pulls me back out of the chair. At this point, I like had to elbow him, turn around. I put him in what's called a Kimura. Yeah. Uh, but it was like a really crappy Kimura because I, like, <laughs> I barely knew what I was doing. Uh, and then that was enough to like at least push his arm away and like get the knife out of his hand. And then I just literally kicked off him, came up on the other side of the table. And at that point, our superintendent had come up and pretty Whoa. much grabbed him. So, but that was that was the moment, man. I knew I was gonna, like I was not going to stop training. Did the dude go to jail? Uh, he went to juvenile hall, but uh, we were both underage. I yeah. went to a, uh, you know, a court meeting about it. Basically, just got kicked out of school for the year. Really? Yeah, man. For putting a knife to somebody's throat. Yeah, and we, I mean, we, we could have pressed charges, but that wasn't what we were trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Ruin a young man's life. Right. But it's crazy, man. Dude. You just, I always tell people you're, you're either going to, one day you're either going to be really glad you were training jujitsu or yeah. you're going to wish you did. Right. And I, I just, I hope the, the first one is what happens, not yeah. the second one, you know? 
for me, it happened early in my life. Shit. I could yeah. imagine that. So for, for a 17-year-old, that's a, a, a crazy reality check. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just shows the world, too, now. It's like the world we live in is madness. Yeah, man. You know? And I think more knowledge on anything is always better. Yeah. You know? I've always, because I've always been, man, I'd rather have my gun and never use it than yeah. need it and 100%. not have it. And I've kind of approached the jujitsu thing the same way, where it's like just having the knowledge of being able to to do that. So yeah. the MMA fight, yeah. when you're walking, you're like, because, uh, you know, watching the UFC, like you said, it's like, you're yeah. like, oh, man. Come on, get up, you pussy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. come on, you can take that. And yeah. then you start thinking about it. Like, I sparred with you guys the other night in boxing, and there's a pro MMA guy in there, yeah. Kyle, yeah. who was barely touching me, yeah. and I wanted to leave. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's legit. And yeah, so how do you get your mind ready for that? How many fights have you done in a cage? I've actually, I've done two MMA fights. Okay. Um, but I've done about, I, I've had about 50 jiu-jitsu matches. Okay. Um, but but only the two MMA fights uh, in a cage. Uh, I've, I've I've done some backyard fighting when I was a kid. That was <laughs> totally, totally different. Uh, but two sanctioned MMA fights, which is totally different um, in, in the sense of it's easy to get... Um, to fight on a whim it's easy right. to get like mad at somebody and then you you fight right then or there. defending your family or, defending or yourself, yourself right. or whatever it's much more challenging in my opinion to wake up knowing you have a fight in two months it's yeah and then, and then you wake up the next day it's like christmas but opposite right <laughs> right because you know you're gonna like and almost MMA, any every mma fight you're gonna get hit to some degree oh, you're yeah. gonna take damage and punishment to some degree so it's like looking forward to the day where you're gonna like take that yeah, it's like the opposite of Christmas, basically. <laughs> so, you you do your 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 entire mindset changes, man. Um, you start thinking about the same person for for the course of you know months. Yeah, um, are you watching like tape? Are you watching their fights? Yeah, generally you watch you watch tape throughout the throughout the week or throughout the the fight camp. Um, but I don't like to focus too much on my opponent because then it starts it, you start focusing on them rather than what you're gonna do. Yourself, right. It's important to know what their tendencies are, where their strengths are, and what they like to do. Yeah. But it's really important to just play to your strengths and to right. uh, to know what you want to do. Yeah. Um. And, and, and then because you never know when your opponent also might back out. Um, my my last fight, my opponent he backed out two days before our fight. Uh. So they gave me a guy that was a completely different stylistic matchup. Uh. Um, somebody who was like a overall, this first guy was an overall like well-rounded guy. And then they gave me like a striking specialist who's like crazy athletic, explosive. Oh, perfect. So completely had to change up my game plan, completely had to change up everything. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's chaos. It's a wild ride for sure. So what's the, like you're walking down to the cage you're getting ready to go. I mean, what's the emotion like? Yeah. When you're like, okay, this is this is happening. Yeah. So, um, and almost every MMA fighter says it. You know, like it's it's almost like someone else is in control. You're kind of on yeah. autopilot. Um, the easiest way I could say it is, is is imagine you're on like a roller coaster, but you have to physically have control of your body still. So like <laughs> when you're on a roller coaster, you're just like hanging on right. for dear life, and it's like over before you know it. Yeah. And it's kind of the same way in like an MMA fight, but like. You're so programmed with certain responses and how to fight. Mm. That you should be at least if you're in that far. Yeah. That you're doing it subconsciously. Right. You know, it's uh, it's like the Matrix. It's like Neo in the Matrix. How it's just subconsciously <laughs> fighting without it. You're, right. doing, you're doing exactly that. You're just doing what you're programmed to do. So it, it is almost like somebody else takes over. Um, That's wild. Yeah. I, when I'm out there, um, personally, I just try to stay calm and stay stay collected. Yeah. Uh, and then I always I always keep in mind what Mike Tyson said. Just try to act like you've been there before. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Uh, that that's super big to me. I can't stand when I see people that either look nervous or they look like way too overhyped. Right. Uh, it just doesn't look like they know what they like. I said, it doesn't look like they've been in there before. Yeah. Be so. Like you've been there before. Yeah, man. That actually explains a lot of like my first marriage. Yeah, it yeah. Was just a blur, and then it was over. Sure. Hey, man, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be that way. Yeah. Roller coaster ride. Yeah, absolutely. Huh? Yeah. So you're doing the MMA stuff, and then um, man, all the tournaments and stuff like the the so Naga is uh, for people who don't know anything about jujitsu. Yeah. Um, they ha it's like tournaments. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Competitions where you can go test yourself, and your team goes out. Yep. Um, and uh, so Naga is uh, the National Association. Yeah, it's of a uh, National American Grappling Association. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we've got those, and then the IBJJFs that come around here, which is like International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. Okay. And so do do people travel all over for that? I mean... Yeah, sometimes. Um, like, for instance, the uh, two weekends ago, we had the IBJJF, and uh, the team that won it, their te- their gym is based in Mount Vernon, Illinois. So, oh, okay. So, and they won the whole tournament. Wow. Um, and they brought, like, 80 competitors or 50-something 50, wow. 50 competitors, something like that. So, uh, yeah, people travel from, from all across, especially, like, the southeast for these tournaments. Yeah. Um, it just depends on which tournament it is. Um, we've got one coming up this Saturday that'll be a little more local, but generally everyone from, like, the, the Tennessee, Kentucky area will travel for this hmm. for these tournaments. That's crazy. And uh, we got kids, kids and adults that compete, uh, and then there is team titles, like a kids' team title, an adults' team title, and then, like, an overall team title as well. Yeah. For kids, like... Um for people that might be interested in the jujitsu stuff, where's a where's a good place to start? Like, if people are yeah. interested, or you know, if they um, you know live not in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, sure. I mean, really, the first thing you can do is just you know Google Google Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or, or Google Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. And uh, just check out you know read the reviews about your your local nearby gyms. Um, right. I highly recommend trying a class for for anybody. Um, they and say, most of them offer like a free yeah, trial, like yeah, come nine down times and check out it out. Ten, it's going to be, you know, free class or free week or something like that. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't met anybody that's in jujitsu yet, it's some of the nicest people you will ever yeah. meet. So, uh, yeah. can't recommend it enough. Just at least Googling jujitsu and trying a free class. See what, see what you think. When it opens the door to so many, um, different people that you wouldn't have hung yeah. out with yeah, before, man. you know, exactly. it's like I'm surrounded by, you know, musicians and, and guys like that and then coming into those classes it's like uh, hanging with you hanging with Jason and, and there's guys that are police officers and business yeah. owners and janitors and, yeah, and executives and and then everybody is kind of on the same level when they get on the mat you know yeah. where, where your belt's at exactly man like it's one of the cool things about jiu-jitsu it's like it truly is one of the places where like it really does not matter like where you come from yeah. you came from money if you don't, didn't come from money if you what country you're from or what yeah. religion you practice it really does not matter on the mats your uh, size your yeah. extra like your your fitness level yeah i mean any of that it's it's so wide open and it's so um kind and accommodating which you wouldn't think because it's pretty i mean as a as a guy that's very very new to it it's very intimidating walking into a gym full of people that are all wearing you know the the team uniforms and the team gi and you're yeah. kind of the guy standing there in a white t-shirt and shorts you know going like i don't know what to do right and i don't know how to act or where to stand yeah. and everybody is so so kind and literally it's not just our gym it's guys that i've met where yeah um and then since i've started posting some stuff about it i've had people messaging me like dude next time you come to dallas we yeah. gotta go i'm in jujitsu too you know yeah, and man. i'm like oh man that's so wild yeah man. so wild i think we were having that conversation the other day about like anytime i travel like i just hit up the near local local gym yeah and let them know i'm in town for a couple of days and i've only had to pay a mat fee one time other than that it's been just come on in come come train come train you know dude it's so it, awesome it, they're super cool man it's it's um and like with me especially because i i do the same thing for any guests just come train man we'd love to have you it's you jujitsu is my f- like favorite thing in like the whole world yeah so if i could sh- if we could share that together like that'd be awesome like right. i'd love I- i'd love to share that with anybody yeah. it's like watching your favorite movie with your you know buddy like right. yeah, heck yeah let's watch Dude, you it gotta man. see it you, Dude, gotta, you see gotta see it, it man yeah like, yeah it's amazing how do you how do you did you um like coming up um what were the what were some of the things because i i know personally how i equate the jujitsu thing of just like a um a life mentality you know what i mean I, I i love doing it in the morning because you go in there and it's a great metaphor for life yeah because you go in unprepared sometimes or you're as prepared as you think you can be and life punches you in in the throat you know and you're like oh man i wasn't ready for that yep. and that's kind of especially this podcast is about is is difficult industries and tough people and tough tough people that get through difficult situations you know yeah. based on um, life philosophy. So, coming into you know, did you um, was are you an anxious guy? You uh, you know, did you deal with that kind of stuff or? Yeah, um, I would say no more than the average person. Sure. Um, it's unfortunately nowadays it's hard for me to get a good grasp on it because jujitsu truly did change my life. Yeah. And changed um, the way I look at anxiety. Right. Um, so I. I have anxious moments and anxiety just like just like everyone else sure. but but 
I typically I'm the person that can handle stressful situations a lot better. Yeah. Um, and I'm always super cool and level-headed in, in stressful situations. And I think I have a lot that has a lot to do with jujitsu. Yeah. Um, jujitsu is problem solving at the highest level. Yeah. Um, I think we were talking the other day. Um, there's a saying in jujitsu: if you're comfortable in the worst case scenarios, they cease to exist. Right. Um, and I and I truly think that is that is absolutely true. Yeah. And how you how you said it's a little life reminder, you know, getting stuck under Big Steve with three minutes left on the clock. Yeah, man. You know, and you can't breathe, and you're trying to figure Ooh. out like how you're gonna like not get choked out and not get suffocated. Like. Yeah. And then you look at the clock, and it's three minutes still. You know. It's you tough. can survive that, man. Like you can survive a lot. Yeah, the DMV ain't shit when you don't know that. You know what I mean? Not and nothing. it's it's such it's so true. And it's um you know, it's just such a great metaphor for for every day of like why why am I gonna let this bother me? Because in three minutes this is gonna be done. Yep. And it's hard right now. And, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel and then, you know, once you get out of that, you know, where you go. Man, I'm better for going through that. I'm a yeah. better person. I'm a better jujitsu artist. I'm exactly. whatever it is, and um, and that's such a uh, it's such a life metaphor of of going through that every yeah, day. I really like that. Um, you said I think stoicism has yeah. brought you to jujitsu. Yes, and it's so interesting because jujitsu brought me to stoicism. That's and wild. Like, and like more spirituality, which yeah. I, I think really does have like a lot of hand in hand with jujitsu. Like the whole jujitsu lifestyle is very, uh, very grounded in stoicism and spirituality. Yeah. So it's super interesting that you came from stoicism to jujitsu. Yes. And jujitsu was help, what helped me find stoicism. It's wild. And even the gym, even the layouts of like jujitsu gyms, is minimalistic. Yeah, it's just mats, and it's and you realize that it's not the gym that makes the team; Never. it's the people in there. Yeah, man. Always. And again, a great metaphor for life, where it's like it's not the house you're in, it's not the car you're in, it's the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah, and man. if you're surrounding yourself with people who demand the best out of you, that's the other great thing about it. And I, I know that it's almost like uh, I told my wife the other day. I go, I, I kind of, I'm kind of like Kanye West when he finds Christianity, where it's yeah. like it's all I'm talking about right yeah, now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like because it really is. It's it, it's been a, a next level thing for me where I'm like, okay, so the Stoic philosophy, I understand it. I'm I'm practicing it daily, and then now I need to find a, a way to connect more with it. And jujitsu yeah. has been that, and. To be able to get into that and to go like, wow, this is the physical personification of it. The bruises that you have every day. And, and and when you leave, you feel like you're wore out. You gave everything you had. And uh, another great thing that you talked about was, um, and I think parents need to hear this especially, is you were talking about a coach uh, before a tournament walking out to the parents saying like, yeah. don't give your kids excuses. Right. Dude, tell that, tell that, that, um, that moral that he gave of yeah, that man. story because it's such it's so powerful and as a parent you want to look at it if your kid loses right. and go and find the it's excuse in it you know it's and go like, oh easy. well that kid outweighed you by 50 pounds yeah, or, man. you know yeah so um and and i'd love i'd love to link you if, if we could like post a video or something uh, link a video to this yeah we uh, totally can yeah it's uh, a friend of mine travis davison he he posted a video uh of at a at a tournament we, you know, there's four types of roles in every in every sporting event. There's the player, the referee, uh, the spectator, and oh goodness, what's the other role? The coach, right. right? So there's four types of roles in every in every tournament. We oftentimes focus on what's the role of the, the of the of the coach, the referee, and the student. Right. We we rarely talk about the spectator, and as parents, that's what you are. And if your turn if your kid is competing in any sporting event, right? And I just tell my my, my parents at the beginning of uh, of every tournament, um, the just don't let don't make excuses for your kids. Like, yeah, that's it. Like just don't make excuses for your kids. If you're, your kid you're loses, gonna lose. Yeah, it's fifty it's going to happen. It's fifty fifty. Right. It's literally fifty fifty. I've never met anybody in jujitsu that has been undefeated. Right. Like I've had fifty matches and I've probably lost fifteen to twenty of them. Right. You know. You're going to lose in this and you're going to lose in life sometimes. But what's so important is that you don't make excuses and you don't say, oh, you lost today because that kid was a higher belt rank than you or Your outranked boss is an you asshole more or, or this or that. Right. You know, it's, hey, you lost today because that kid was better than you today. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be better than him in the future. Right. Did you try your best? That's awesome. I'm super proud of you. And that's yeah. it, man. Like, that's that's all it is. is. Did you try your best? If the answer is yes, we're good. Right. But so often we focus on, you know, 
we focus on the the end result and I'm not for like the participation trophies, but I am for doing your best. And if you did right. your best, then you can sleep soundly. At night, Absolutely. You know? That's all kids need to know, man. Yes. Making the work of being enough. And that's a, that's a common yeah. theme, especially on this thing. But the work is enough, not the outcome where yeah. it's like, okay, if, if I put in everything I've got and I give it and your best is going to be different day to day. Some days yep. you're sick. Some days you're tired. Yep. Some it's, days your best won't be your best. Exactly. And um, some days you don't feel your strongest, but as long as you look, you can't control that totally out of your yep. control. So what you can control is the effort you're putting into it, and um, and then finding you know the, the not excuse thing is so big because yeah, man, I've got friends that do it, man. Where it's like, oh, well, you know, they, it's easy. They did this it's and easy. did that, and I do it too, you know. Yeah, and and I'm and I'm trying to um, I'm trying to consciously avoid that and. Um, and that's another thing that kind of went in my arsenal when you told that story of, of my brain where I've got this kind of checklist where I'm like, okay, yeah. am I making excuses for yeah. myself? Am I, you know, uh, Marcus Aurelius said, um, you know, he would wake up as the emperor of Rome in the morning and go like, uh, I, I don't want to get out of bed. It's, yeah. it's warm in here. It's cold out there. Yeah. And then would tell himself like, is that what I'm made for? Right. To just lay here and be comfortable. And finding comfort and discomfort, I think, is just such Super a important. big thing. Because yep. if you're, if you can be okay, you know, with, I mean, if you can, if you can visualize the worst and be okay with it, like, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? To me? I could lose my job, I could lose my house, and if you can visualize yourself being okay with with that, and like, oh, I'm not gonna die if that happens. I'm, yep. I'm still gonna have my children. I'm still gonna have the things that I love around me. Yeah, man. Um, it really makes you appreciate what you have. Definitely, and and not giving uh, not giving excuses for it. It's uh, it's such a powerful thing. Yeah, man. I kind of had that epiphany after my last fight. Actually, I was a it was a three round like slugfest, and I've never been beaten up that badly in my life. I, I was I just had marks all over my face, uh. and it was three rounds. It was just like brutal, a back and forth. Like after the fight, I was throwing up like nonstop. Couldn't stop throwing up. I was dehydrated. They had to ice me down. But I realized like the next day, like I was. Overall, I was pretty fine, and like I yeah. made it made it through it like no issues, and like in my opinion, like that's about as bad as it could be. Right. And it was like after that, it it was very freeing. Like I re once I realized like that's about as bad as a fight can be. Yeah. I was honestly wasn't that bad. I was fine. Well, and you see people go through like really crazy life changing traumatic yeah. experiences, you know, and when they come out like, you know, when you were talking about your mom's brain aneurysm, something like that happens. You know, your car payment being two days late isn't yeah, really that big of a fucking yeah, deal. Exactly. You know, where you're like, man, this put a little weight into this for a minute and figure out what exactly uh, matters, you know? Exactly, man. Um, a lot of people, you know, they get that second lease on life. And, yeah. Uh, a lot of people that really live life to the fullest have a story that kind of is similar to that. They, right. they had a second chance or... They realize what was important to them, you know. Getting out of bad relationships or a shitty job or finding, you know, finding your passion. Yeah, man. Um, dude, I don't know how how closely you watch the news, uh, and I don't know your thoughts on this. Next week, we've I've got an astrophysicist coming on. Oh, that's cool, man. Because uh, um, they found uh, this is totally out of fucking left field, but um, <laughs> let's my, hear it, man. My ADHD kicked in. No, no worries. The um. There's water. There's water plumes on the moon of Saturn. Really? Yeah. That's like super interesting. shooting in the air. It's super interesting. Yeah. I didn't even, nope. Haven't heard about this yet. Do you believe in aliens? Uh, I believe it's certainly not impossible that we're not alone. Yeah. Right. That being said, I also think that like within our grasp and our reach, Earth is the most beautiful and best viable planet yeah. we'll ever have ever. So yeah. You know. I don't. And I, I don't know that. Like, I don't believe in the little green dudes on the, um, you know, on the X-Files and shit yeah. like that. But it's like, you start looking at all this crazy, space is so much crazier than anything you could ever imagine. Yeah. Like, you could write a book and it would not be as weird as space is. Yeah. You know? I've always had, like, two ideas on that. Either, number one, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be the ones to make contact with aliens. It's gonna be the other, the way, other around, way probably yeah. in my lifetime at least and if they do come here like it's not gonna matter anyways so right who cares who cares <laughs> like, you can't control it yeah it's like they could totally just wipe us out anyway probably so well, look at this shit at the who bottom cares? of the ocean yeah that shit is alien dude there's some weird there's fish with like light bulbs in front of their foreheads yeah man there's it's a madness. lot in the ocean that we haven't seen it's crazy yeah i read that statistic there's like what 90 percent of the ocean hasn't been like discovered yeah something like that it's yeah wild 
we've we watched me and Courtney watched this crazy documentary. I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, and I and it wouldn't matter if I could because I would not tell anybody to watch it. But so the premise of this documentary is they find the shipwreck where um, they were like, okay, this is where um, this guy was had taken all of these all this shit out of these palaces and was sailing it somewhere else and disappeared. They never found it. This guy finds it like during this documentary. So they go down and then they have like this, the diver comes up and gets all everybody in this closed room and they're like, I got to talk to you guys, but their mics are still hot. So you can hear him talking in another room. He's like, we found probably a thousand gold bars. And so he's like, we got to keep this under wraps. We got to get under there. And so they start taking these cameras down to this dive and they're finding these crazy sculptures that they keep just bringing up like these insane. And I'm sitting here watching it going like, how, how is this not all over the fucking news? Like there's no way. And so this goes on for three hours, two and a half hours. It gets to the end of it and they're diving. They're like, we found the biggest statue on the boat and it comes over it. And it's the dude who made the movie holding on to Mickey Mouse's hand as a, the whole thing is bullshit. Oh my goodness. And it was all to promote this guy's art gallery in France. I was so pissed. I'm like, dude, I thought this was wow. real for like two and a half hours. I thought you were describing Into the Blue with Paul Walker at first. Oh. Have you ever seen that movie? Is that is Samuel L. Jackson in that? No, no, it's him and Jessica Alba. Oh, okay. Yeah, and no, the, but I'm interested already. Hawaii Five O. I forget his name. Hawaii Five O. The new one. The new one. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I thought you were describing the plot of that at first. Uh, that's it's, that's super interesting, man. Yeah, but it was uh, it was totally it was a total waste of, waste time. of time. I was pissed. Right. I was so pissed by the end of it. Have you uh, have you seen Icarus? No. Icarus was um so it, it was a documentary originally about how um, this guy who was like an amateur cyclist wanted to try steroids. Oh. Uh, and then he he accidentally like stumbles upon something like way deeper, and uh, he ends up basically just stumbling upon this whole like Russian investigation that's going on with oh. steroids and all this stuff. And if you ever get a, get some time, it's on Netflix, I think. It's okay. I C A R U S Icarus. Icarus. Okay. Cool. Joe Rogan's talked about it a decent bit. Really? Yeah, it's a pretty wild documentary. Do um the steroids like have you dealt with that with people in uh in the sport? I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know if I've fought anybody on steroids. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if anybody that 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 does steroids. Yeah. Um, but I do. I've, I do hear that like a lot of the people at the top level of of jujitsu uh, are, and I've, it's something I've been hearing about a lot lately. A uh, lot lately is like uh, more testing in, in jujitsu. Yeah. Because uh, really, it's just in the UFC that they really heavily test. Test the hell out of it. So local fight, local MMA fighters could probably get away with it, uh, and then like, you know, most jujitsu guys could probably get away with it because there's not too much testing there. But they're starting to become more and more. I've got a buddy who, um, an acquaintance, I should say, but um. Like I went over, me and Courtney went over to their place one time, and and all was, he was just like, he was swelled up, oh, and I yeah. was like, hey man, and I'm like, what uh, what's going on with you? That air compressor. Uh, was he was name? like, uh, we're sitting in the middle of the tour bus, and the um, it, the uh, air, all these doors were run by air, so that oh, air yeah. compressor kicks on. But um, he was all swelled up, and I'm like, man, you've been hitting the gym hard. And he's like, ah, I'm on some testosterone, yeah. and. and he goes, you know why people use steroids? And I was like, no, not really. You know, and he goes, because they work. Yeah. And I was like, well, makes I guess sense. that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I guess getting through injuries or shit like that. And yeah, for for jujitsu, I would imagine it's to be able to train repetitively. Yeah. Because, like, for instance, like I I spar no more than like three days a week. Yeah. And because it's all my body can handle. Yeah. With, you know, weightlifting and hot yoga, whatever else I do. Um, about three three days of sparring is about all I can handle in a week. Yeah. Um, but there's some guys that are sparring, you know, daily or twice a day, and uh, there's a reason they can handle that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a reason why I'm falling apart at 26, and <laughs> yeah. some are in their mid 30s doing just fine. Dude, I'm I'm 38, and I've lived I've treated my body like a honky tonk for the last oh I don't know 22 years or so. So it's uh. This is a whole new experience for me, not um, not being whiskey glazed and, yeah. and out on out on tour. Um, 
it uh so have you've got like what you've got the steroid thing and then there's like hgh that's the oh man yeah i, I don't really i, I don't, don't really know anything know about that about shit it, man to be honest then there's stem cell stuff, which I've been reading a bunch about. Yeah, I've heard I've heard some good things about that for like you know injuries. Yeah, but I, again, I don't know back injuries. You have and to stuff. ask the neuroscientists about that. I know, dude. The astro astrophysicist. Astrophysicist. The guy I, I emailed him and I was like, "Hey man, I really want you to come here. He's a uh, down here. He's a PhD down at Vanderbilt. Okay, cool. And I go, uh, man, I want you to come on the show. And he goes, Well, I just I don't know if I'd have anything interesting to talk about. And I'm like, you're a fucking astrophysicist, dude. I'm a musician. I don't have shit to talk about. Uh, This dude knows how galaxies are formed, which blows my mind, you know? It's like, damn. So what, um, what, as jujitsu opened up for you, what life philosophies kind of have, have evolved from your training? Like, yeah. What, what takeaways have you had from uh, from going in and, and kicking the shit out of yourself for well, 20 years? You know, al- almost almost all my my life philosophies have come from from jujitsu. Um, so re- it it's hard to just pinpoint one. Yeah. Um, especially when it's been such a main staple in my life. Um, but it, it's really helpful with the. It starts with confidence in yourself. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of people are egotistical or cocky, which, in my opinion, does not come from confidence. It comes from um, being unconfident in yourself. Yeah, man. So I think I think just being a, a healthy person out the gate out the gate is just being confident in yourself, which also allows you to tell the truth to yourself, right? Um, and and not get uh, ahead of yourself, uh, staying humble. Um, Jiu-jitsu something with all that. Um, really, it, you know, I like to compete. I like to coach. But really, jujitsu has just been such an—it's um, been the like the vehicle in which I live like a healthy life through. Yeah. Um, whether it's just you know I, I got to get some aggression out or anger out, and I, I I spar for thirty minutes, and then boom, it's done, it's out. I have no right. more like aggression or hatred in my heart. Yeah. Um, or I just need to remind myself to stay humble. I just got to roll with one of my coaches, and then I remember that I'm not shit. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can do that. Uh, and then uh, you know, there's so many so many lessons that I've learned and what's really interesting is I've I've learned a lot of lessons as a student but I've learned those same lessons again as a coach yeah um, or I've learned different lessons as a coach um, and like lately it's all been about like to me like patience and gratitude yeah and um, like my friends always uh, joke with me about that because like I don't have any tattoos but if I were to get two tattoos it would be patience and gratitude just to remind myself right um, because like patience with my students has been like such a big thing. Like kids, adults, yeah. you know, whatever. Jujitsu is hard. Jujitsu is really hard to learn, and it's it's harder in my opinion to even to teach. Yeah, because it requires such an intense amount of patience. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you're teaching somebody how to do like a kimura, and they're just completely backwards and and totally like not even close. It's easy this to like. This is me. We're talking about. It, at this it's point. every student. It's every student. <laughs> it's easy to either like laugh or snicker right. or joke, um, but it but it's much harder to to remain calm and remind them like, hey, this is really hard. Don't worry. Like we're gonna right. get you there. Uh, so just teaching jujitsu has has made me have so much patience. Yeah. Um, that I'm really thankful for that. Um, but not only just patience with jujitsu, but patience with life patience with relationships patience yeah. with myself even yeah. um realizing that i'm still a work in progress i'm still yes. growing as a person uh and then just gratitude for what i have yeah uh, thankful for for just the ability to get out of bed and, and train and to teach to have the ability to impact others on a daily basis like i do yeah uh, and then just grateful for everything in my life you know well and you touched on the lying to yourself and that's all yeah. ego does man yeah and everybody's got you like You've got that thing where, and everybody knows that part of themselves where it's like, I mean, I can't tell you for how many years that I was like, man, this is the year, this is the year I'm going to get in shape, man. I'm going to, I'm going to take better care of myself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I didn't. And, and it was because I would make excuses for myself. I would, you know, I wouldn't hold myself accountable and, and ego being, um, you know, your, your body's. Um, resistance to um, feeling less than right, yeah. so it's like, oh well, you didn't win because, right, you know, it's that that lie again yeah, of man. excuses, or you didn't win because that guy's bigger than you are, or you would have had him, you know, or 
We're in a generation of that. Right, We're exactly. In a generation of that. Or sit with like 10 dudes and watch the NFL. Yep. You know, and you go, how do you not fucking catch that? Yeah. And you're like, dude, that I want you right now to stand up, put both your hands in the air, and just fall flat on your stomach without bringing your hands down. Right. If you can do it, I will give you a thousand dollars because you can't. Exactly. I mean, and so it's one of those things of like the the ego is just a it just lies to you, man, and it ruins you. It yeah. ruins your potential. The minute you start going like, man, I don't know anything. Yeah. And um, I just want to be a sponge and I want to learn and, and, and approach the things humbly is when you actually start to gain the confidence because confidence is earned, exactly. right? You earn the Hit confidence. The nail on the head, man. Yeah. You earn the confidence in jujitsu by going to class all the time or, or exercising or your hot yoga stuff. How does that all work, by the way? I've got a couple of buddies do the hot yoga thing. Yeah. Is it just, it's a thousand degrees and you're in there? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a, have you ever done a sauna? Yeah, I've done a sauna. It's like a halfway yeah. sauna. So it's like, you know, in a sauna, like you walk in and you feel that heat hit your face and you smell it almost. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, it's like halfway to that. Oh. So it's not as bad, but yeah. it's, it's, it's about halfway. Um, There's some stinky some bitches got to be in there. It's no, kept, man. No? It's, normally, honestly, man, normally I'm the only dude. Like it's much, really? it's mostly it's just a bunch of like girls and then like two or three dudes. There you go. Um, but what's really great is like, honestly, like the instructors are so amazing. Like I can't speak of all gyms, but like. Uh, I go to Santoshi Yoga. Gonna give them a plug. Yeah. Um, so at Santoshi, man, like, they're so good with their coaching cues. And, like, as somebody who is a coach myself, like, when they're, like, I'm in the stretch and they're, like, press through a little more through your heels or straighten out your back. Like, when you follow those, like, little coaching cues and you realize you go, like, a little deeper in your stretch. Right. It makes all the difference in, in, the, in, in the difference of doing yoga by yourself, watching a video or, right. like, taking a class with somebody, like, pushing you. I mean, it's sure. literally like the, the class I do is a power flow class, which is like a workout. And uh, I mean, it's they're literally like you're ready to give up. And they're like, don't quit, Logan. I'm like, <laughs> crap, I better not quit. You know, so their coaching cues are amazing. But really, yeah, it's um like I've had I've had a lot of back pain over the years from from a lot of jujitsu and MMA. So yeah. it's just helped me so much with back pain. Um, I never don't leave feeling tremendous after a hot yoga class. It's crazy. I leave just feeling so good. Yeah. Um, that I, I reckon like come do come do it with me, bro. All right, <laughs> I sweat putting my socks on, man. Yeah, man, it's dude. Courtney's like, sweat. don't quit. Put those shoes on. Yep, you just got to bring a towel, bring some water, sweat oh, it out. Oh man, you'll feel way better after, dude. Well, I tell you what, man, it's a it's a pleasure chatting with you on here. And, yeah, man. And um, so going going uh, to people who 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 might be looking for a little extra push through their day being a great coach, which you are. You are a <laughs> Thanks, wonderful, man. wonderful coach. And it, the, that's the other thing that's kind of blown me away because you're 26, yeah. you know. Um, there's a, a Zakai. Yeah. And yeah. he's 19. 19 years old. And he yeah. teaches a class. In the, yeah, he started when he was three. Started when he was three years yeah. old. And his dad's a black belt as well. He's one of my one of my best friends. He moved, moved away. He was my old teacher, actually, his dad was. Really? Yeah. Man, so his dad moved out to Iowa, and he's a pastor out there actually. And really, he, he owns his own gym, and he's a pastor. That's amazing. <laughs> and uh, lives out in Iowa, and his son stays here, and he's gonna actually be going to UT in the in the good for him. The, the spring, I think. And he's a man. He's he's a badass. He's, he's a really really yeah, good. And um, and you've got all these, you know. Again, you've got guys like me in mid thirties and. And yeah. even further, I mean, 50s, you know, yeah. Swift, I mean, I mean yeah. what, he's in his 50s? Yeah. And so just seeing all the age ranges and then the coaches that come in with this this great mindset to get you ready for your day. So if there's something that that you could kind of leave people with when they're looking at at what whatever's on their plate, whatever's in front of them, what yeah. would you uh, what would you say? Uh, you know. There's so many different things you could say, but uh, again, I would bring it back to, to two things. You know, it's it's easy to tell everyone to just keep pushing and uh, you're going to have those bad days. But really, uh, I like to bring it back to gratitude and start with what you are thankful for and yeah. the things that you're capable of doing. And once you realize you think about the things that you are capable of doing, you probably will realize that the, the tasks you have in front of you aren't aren't nearly as grand as the ones you've already faced before. Yeah, man. So if you just... You, you know, stay thankful for all the things that you are capable of, and um, and 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 carry that confidence with you. Uh, then th that's going to take you a long way uh, in in itself. Um, but also, just you know, 
just really keep pushing it whatever it whatever it is in life whether it's a physical push or a mental push um chances are it's you're you're almost there yeah and if you just keep pushing one more day you're probably gonna make it there yeah man it's like that old um that old i saw a drawing one time of a of a guy with a pickaxe like in a mine yeah and he's exactly. like i'm, I'm done Yep. And you, but you can see behind like one more, one more. hit in the in the gold nugget is it's right exactly there. You know what I mean? Man. Yeah, That's exactly. It. And I, it's uh, and also too, I think taking away everything in your mind that you do have and imagining how much you would want that back if you lost it all. Yeah. And I think it really puts it in perspective of like, man, life is good. I've got it good. I'm I'm surrounded. Even if you're in a tough situation. Then you got you've got purpose in your chest, and it's beating blood every second. And uh, and don't waste it. Too many yeah. people forget that we are the masters of our own destiny. Yeah. Um. And, and it's really easy to to say, oh, I'm here because of this, or or things didn't work out because of this. Yeah. And it goes back to not making excuses for yourself. Just like you shouldn't make excuses for your kid, don't make excuses for yourself and tell the truth to yourself. Yeah. Um. You know, you're only here because of yourself. Right. And and only yourself can change that. Absolutely, Logan Nash, everybody, check him out online. Uh, you can also look at the uh, and if, if you're not in Tennessee, there are Checkmat gyms yeah. um, all over the country. Yeah, so, so Team Checkmat is a a worldwide affiliation. Uh, we've got Team Checkmat gyms all across all across the country, all across the world. So if you ever uh, ever ever interested in training, definitely look up a Team Checkmat gym. Uh, if there's not one near you, just just check out Jujitsu. Uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. It, it, it really will change your life if you allow it. Absolutely. And uh, so there we go. Friends and neighbors, get you going on a Tuesday, Too Dumb to Quit podcast. Logan Nash. Go watch him fight. You can go online and watch his fights. It's awesome. Jeremy, thanks for having me on, man. Dude, really appreciate best. it. This bus is awesome. Thanks, man. So glad you're training glad with you're us, here. man. Thank you, bro. All right, man. So we'll see you guys uh, next Tuesday. Check out jeremymcombs.com as I spill my tea everywhere. And uh, we're getting ready to go back out on tour in December. We're headed back, uh, going to Texas. And so if you're in the Lone Star State, uh, see if we're getting close to you. And then doing our three-time loser tour, which we do uh, at the end of every year with Rick Huckabee and Dan Important. We'll be out in um, Venice, Nebraska, out at Bucks. We'll be in uh, Clinton, Wisconsin. I think we're going to have two sold-out shows there. And then uh, Illinois and Minnesota. So check it out. All right, friends, happy Tuesday. Go out and get them.